the first thing I want to talk about today is To summarize, the unacceptable, is the word I want to use, the unacceptable work conditions that the developers of this game were put through in the development of this game. I want to mention that right up front because it's important to me and because I think it's something that should be the first thing ever said about this game, regardless of quality or whether you like it or don't like it or whatever you feel about it or whatever. That, in my opinion, should be the first thing. If you don't know, I'm not going to go into full discourse here. It was uh, pretty bad, but it's also the same kind of bad crap that most large-scale game developers put their employees through. It's just, we actually got a full uh, expose, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, on this particular one. And thus, as a consequence, we actually have more details and more you know, information being brought into the light that's been true for a while, it's just this is now a nice, good, obvious example of that, which results in this game. As usual, I want to talk about the gameplay first. And the first thing I want to talk about is something incredibly praiseworthy, ironically, which is the uh, incredible approach to options. The accessibility options are, like you say that, but I've never seen a game do accessibility this well and to this depth. The amount of options you have in order to change how you play this game is, is, is just mind-boggling. And that's before I even get into difficult, difficulty options. And also there's difficulty accessibility options. For example, if you, like me, don't like doing this, you know, button mashing, because hurts your arm, there's an option to just hold down the button. Now that's not exactly an uncommon thing, but that is one of maybe 50 plus options they have. That's awesome, and I really wish more games would use this particular aspect of game design. Regardless of anything else in the game, the options menu very much impressed me. Second thing I want to mention is the difficulty options, because we're still talking about options. So this does what I consider to be the proper approach to difficulty. Rather than being easy, medium, hard, there's sliders for different variables. How much health you have, how stealthy you can be, basically how observant the enemy is, how aggressive they are, uh, how much they'll flank you as an option. There's something that makes you just straight up be invisible while you're crouched. There's quite a few, is what I'm trying to say. And these allow you to tailor your experience. I actually personally made it so that I was, uh, it was basically uh, hard when it comes to stealth, so they, so they were quite observant, and I had plenty of resources, but they were pretty aggressive, and there's, an, there's another option, I can't remember what it is, I think it's like allies or something like that, my allies were crap, so my allies were crap, the enemies were observant, the enemies were aggressive, but I had lots of resources, and I turned my health up. Um, that, and, that, and that was a good place experience for me, and that's how I played through the majority of the game. And you're, if you're wondering why, the specific reason is that way when I screw up the stealth, which I inevitably did every now and again, uh, I wouldn't just instantly die and have to redo the encounter from scratch because this is still my job and I do still have a schedule to keep. I didn't want to redo encounters over and over and over. I did do one specific encounter, which is the bank in Seattle, if you happen to know what that is, uh, completely with everything cranked to hard. That was pretty brutal. I did do it, and I, and I could understand the appeal of it. The problem was... It, well, like I said, the moment I screw up at all, it's death. And then you're starting the encounter over. And that's the problem with that. Now, that's not a problem. That is my problem, because I don't have time for that. But, 
That being said, playing it on Ultra Hard didn't actually feel unfair. It just felt rather punishing. It felt rather well-designed, is what I'm trying to say. So if you want that kind of experience, I can easily recommend you play it on Ultra Hard. Or just figure out whatever's good for you. The game has a New Game Plus mode as well, which is always awesome. So you can just carry forward and you know again and maybe try out a different option or try to get the collectibles you didn't get or get the upgrades you didn't get or whatever. You know, it's your usual. The game also has uh, tons of checkpointing. You know, which is really good. There's, there's no, you know, oh, you just lost 40 minutes of progress in this game. And the game has skippable cutscenes. And the game has... Now, I'm going to try and describe this very particularly. The game feels uh, sectionalized like a Mario game. Hear me out for a second. Like, you ever play Mario 3 or Mario World? Uh, I suppose, arguably, you could also tack in like some of the more recent Marios, but I'm going to stick with those two as the Ur examples. Why? Because you got a map, and then you say, I want to go to this level, and then you zoom in on the level, and then you play that level. And each level is effectively its own little bubble region, completely separate from the others. Now, you carry forward your status... Whatever power-ups you got, you know, if, you, uh, if you're small, if you got shrunk down to small, if you lost any lives, what your coins are. But the level itself is completely self-contained. That's what this game does. Now, it may not look like it, because you look at it and you're like, well, but it's this big open-world area, and it's this corridor thing. But the, the easiest way to showcase this is if you have gotten a decent chunk into the game, post-Seattle, and you go and you check the menu, you'll notice that there's an option to just warp to any of the encounters. That's what the game calls them. And those are the levels. Each one, like just like a Mario game, kind of in its own thing. Now, this is not this is not a criticism, by the way. I think this actually was pretty well done, because each of these levels was manually crafted, and a decent amount of effort was put into these levels' design. Make sense? This, this, this is why I didn't want to just say level design. Because if I just say level design, that can mean a dozen things. But I want to be clear when I say each of the levels, what the game calls encounters, were reasonably well designed. There's usually a lot of ways to get around, or ways for the enemies to flank you. There's certain ways you can hide, but they're not foolproof, unless you're not super easy. Um, there's resources you can use, not just actual, you know, ammo and health, but also like a brick. There's glass you can smash, which, which makes people be alerted to it. Blah, 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 blah. It was good stuff. It does have one flaw to it, though. It's too much of it. I've heard a lot of people say this game is too long, and I want to stress this. I, I myself have been very anti-padding and anti-grind for <sighs> at least 20 years at this point. But I don't think the game is too long. I don't want to say that, because that implies a certain thing, which I don't think. What I think is that this game doesn't use its length properly. That's, that's a more accurate way to present this, I think. Be, uh, uh, let me put this simply. It's Dragon Age 2. Now, I know not all of you pay attention to the show or know the Loriams, but Dragon Age 2 Syndrome, which I will describe for you in brief, is when there's something that's enjoyable, and that's important. It's enjoyable and it's fun, but it's simple. Right? It doesn't really have a lot of depth to it. Not a lot of nuance, not a lot of layers. It's just a fun combat system, like Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 Syndrome is when you have to do that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, just like my recitation just now, it gets old. And it goes from being something that you enjoy about the game to something that you can't stand. By the end of the game, I actually finally cranked everything back down to super easy and just started running through the final encounter areas, you know, one-shotting everyone in the head because I was just done with it by that point. 
keep in mind this is only a three-day game and whatever the hours I've, I, I need to actually sit down and figure out the, the duration of the game. I haven't done that yet because I, I recorded this right after I finished playing it. But it's not that long of a game, which is, again, why I say the length isn't really the issue. It's what they do with the length. Now, another thing I want to comment on is that the combat kind of sucks. It, it, it sucks pretty badly. Um, it's not binary, which is good, but I just don't enjoy the actual combat itself, which uh, especially is uh, a problem during the second half of the game, where the game tends to lean itself far more heavily, in terms of level of design, towards combat rather than stealth. Stealth is fine. Stealth is enjoyable. I'm with it. One of my favorite little sections is I was going through Seattle, and I... There was a like a restaurant, and there were some resources in there. I could just walk by, but I needed the resources, so I'm like, okay. So what I'm going to do is I put a proximity mine right outside this window, moved back a bit to this area where basically they would be likely to run through. There's like a car here and a car here, so there's a spot right in between the two cars that if they're going to go this way, they're likely to hit that spot. And I put a second mine there, then knocked out the window. The clickers come running over, smash into the first mine. <laughs> Now, of course, none of them saw me. I was still hiding. So I shoot one of the survivors right in the head, t dealing with it. And I lean up on the other one, and then the clicker comes after me, runs into the second mine. And that's fun. The second half of the game doesn't have as many set pieces that are designed towards that. Again, the level design kind of starts to lack. With one notable exception, and there's a boss fight, which is called the Rat King. Now... That was actually probably the only good boss fight in the whole game for me. There were several boss encounters, and most of them sucked, just to be blunt. But the Rat King was fun. Now, the boss itself wasn't. The boss itself is a health sponge. It has a bunch of health. You go fight it. What made it fun was the level design. You'll notice I didn't praise the stealth gameplay either, because the stealth gameplay isn't actually all that great. It is the level design that makes it enjoyable. I have played many more enjoyable stealth games than this one. The Dishonored, the Deus Exes, Thief. So, you know, it, not great. But the level design did make it fun. Same thing here. The boss fight is just a health sponge, but what you have is almost a classic Doom arena with a good and intelligent distribution of resources throughout the arena. Very few dead ends, so you're not likely to go ahead and find yourself you know, cornered. Lots of multiple paths in and out of each area, and the boss can destroy chunks of the arena simply by moving through it or attacking if it senses you through a specific area. So the, so the arena is dynamic, has lots of ways through it, decent resource distribution. And, of course, the lead-up to the Rat King was great. I'm not going to walk you through every step, but it was a very proper, you know, t <coughs> oh, tension builder. Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm just going to chug some bake while we're out on camera here. So, I was with that. Completely. And you see why it was just kind of a, hmm, thing overall. Um, I suppose now is a good spoiler warning. Obviously, this is a rumination. If you're watching this, you're here to be spoiled, or you already know. But on the off chance, this is your chance to pause the game, because... Because Joel dies in the first hour, and then you play as some, this Joel's killer for the second half of the game. Now, I mentioned pacing. I mentioned how the game doesn't do good things with its, level, with its, with its duration. And I mentioned Dragon Age 2 Syndrome. I like to play a game. Uh, it's called the Minimal Changes Challenge. I, I think I've mentioned this before, way back in my Phantom Menace uh, rumination, but this has come up several times. 
the idea is you, you take a work that you feel is flawed. You know, it doesn't even have to be a bad work. That's, that's not the point. Just a work you feel has flawed. And you want to improve it as much as possible with as few changes as possible. Preferably one change. That's, that's the ideal. Get one change is going to be a big change. And completely ejecting the Abbey gameplay from the second half of the game is my one change for this game. Because what would happen then is we've got the intro, which was, which was good. There was a lot good about the intro. And then you go through, Abby, you know, Abby goes through and is saved by Tommy and Joel. Tommy's an idiot. They go there. She kills Joel, tortures him to death in front of her, his, his daughter. And then she leaves. Ellie's like, I gotta go after her. She goes after her with Dina. We go through the whole section there. Mel's dead. Owen's dead. A lot of people die in this game, by the way. I already gave you the spoiler warning. And we get to the theater scene. And then Abby catches up with him. It's like, oh my god, Abby. And then we have the big con conf conflict between Abby and Ellie. And then, you know, Abby leaves, having bested us. And we're like, okay, we're done. And then we go, if you want, you could add the, the ending of the game, too. I would probably eject that, too, if I'm completely honest. But then again, this game had three separate points where I thought the ending could have been a good ending. And then it kept going. So let's not get into that. But, uh... I think that one change would improve substantially. And you're probably thinking, why are you mentioning this in the gameplay section? Because by the time I was about halfway through the Abbey stuff, I was already kind of done with it. For story reasons I'll go into in a minute, but also for the gameplay reasons I just mentioned. It's like, okay, it's, there's another encounter area, which is the same as every other encounter area in the game. There's not really a lot of variety. The biggest amount of variety we tend to get is the Uncharted sections. You can always tell you're in an Uncharted section because either your goal is to run away without actually doing anything else, just run, or you're you're running away while you have a gun, like you're on a horse or a boat or a truck, and you have infinite ammo. It's really obvious when the Uncharted sections pull up. Those were okay. I think Uncharted does them better, especially Uncharted 4. Ugh. But, you know, and that's it. Which led me to just be like, okay. Now, I suppose I'll go ahead and talk about the story now. I don't know why y'all want to listen to me about the story. I'm the lore runner gameplay, right? Oh, right, the first half of the name, lore, because I cover both story and gameplay. So, I actually don't have much to say about the story. I do have a few things to talk about. Um, I will say right off the bat, I think that Futurama did a better job of getting across the exact same narrative point in about 17 seconds in a post credit scene in Season 4. Now that might be a... Usually I like to leave a reference and then just let people get it, but that might be too rare. So, so let me just go ahead and say, go to YouTube. YouTube, Futurama, Scary Door. Turns out it was man. Because that's the point, right? One of the first things I said when this game was first announced at E3 was, why is there a Last of Us 2? How are we? How is there a sequel to Last of Us 1? Like, at all. Never mind in the state that they were presenting it in. And it was just weird to me. And it still is. I came up with a new term during this, uh, during this review. I call it world destruction. And you're probably thinking, oh, because of all the zombies, right? No, no, no. There's world building, and you already get it, right? World building as when you, you, you flesh out and, and develop and make, make a world, you know, flesh out the setting, make it more interesting. And world destruction, which is so rare, which is why I've only coined this term now, 
is when you have all those little details and the background attention and nuance and all those little things which actively make the setting worse and actively don't make sense. But you really put the attention in detail and it's really confusing and that's why this is such a rare thing. I, I don't want to nitpick. But at no point in time did I actually buy any of the events that were happening. Now, furthermore, I do have to admit that the chemistry was just not on display for me. A lot of characters seem to care about other characters. And I say seem to because I, I, I don't really buy it. I, I don't really see any particular significance between Dina and Ellie, for example. In fact, I would go so far as to say that Dina only had one good scene in the entire game. And it's when she was telling Ellie not to go. Toward, you know, after the Abbey section, in the ending, in the third act. The... Lev was cool. I actually kind of liked Lev. He was alright. And he served as a good morality pet for Abby, which is good because Abby was amazingly disinteresting to me. Now, and I want to explain that a little bit. Because several people uh, popped in on stream to ask, what's a non-character? A non-character is where there's someone who basically has an absence of characterization. They're there, and they might have a name, and they might have dialogue, but there's nothing that really makes them who they are. I thought there was at first, uh, basically a, a level of emotional uh, absence, right? Like, like she doesn't, she, she, I mean, she's been through this horribly traumatic event, and she's living in the post-apocalypse. So that made sense to me, but then the game just kind of kept going in other directions with her, and I'm like, well, but that's not how she should act or react, based on how you've been presenting her. I mean, she was trained by a bunch of, of, of paramilitary jackasses to be a killing machine. And so, uh, again, not criticizing. It would make sense. But then the game was like, no, she's not. I was like, oh, okay. She was a non-character for me. I, I just didn't have anything there. I don't think she's bad. It's just I was forced to play it or play as her for eight hours. So, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like playing Gordon Freeman for eight hours. Minus some other aspects of thing. And that's why I just say I don't have much to say about the story, because a lot of it was just kind of there for me. Uh, there were elements which just were, huh? There was a lot of action movie logic going on. And I forgive a lot of this in a lot of games and a lot of fiction as well, but that's because action movie logic is usually done in a work that's not trying to take itself seriously. Action movie logic is when you, you know, you, you, you slam into a, a, a bridge three times and you don't have any bruising on your abs. Or you fall from a huge height and you're completely fine. Or you, you pull at rusted metal with your bare hands and there's no issues. Or you get shot three times and you're fine. Or, you know, you're, you're six months pregnant and you're out in a combat zone because we need to have a character moment. Action movie logic is exactly what it sounds like. And is fine as long as the work knows what it's doing. See, here's the thing. If the work is just trying to be action movie-y or silly or fun or whatever, then it's fine. You know, it's part of the kitsch and we're with it. If the, the work is trying to be serious and silly at the same time, that's hard to pull off. It's been done. Yakuza is probably my favorite example. That Yakuza 0 was a game that was absolutely ridiculous, but still managed the crime drama, drama elements quite well, and so still had the serious elements. I don't think that's what this game was going for, though, and that's the problem. I think this was unintentionally silly, and thus it detracts from the work for me. Because I can't take it seriously at that point, because it's silly. So I have characters I don't care about, 
and I have a plot that I'm not into because I just I don't get the revenge thing in general. And we have silliness and world destruction. So what did I like about the story? The storytelling. Hear me out for a second. The presentation, that's a much better word. The presentation of the story in this game is really good. I would say I've only played one game in any recent memory that has as good of story presentation as this one, and that's Red Dead Redemption 2. Maybe Grand Theft Auto V, now that I'm thinking about it, but that's the level of quality you have to reach in order to reach this level of presentation. The voice acting was amazing. The motion capture was incredible. The animation design in general, especially for the, the stealth section of the combat and the death animations, were really good. There was some very good visual design and terrain design, especially considering they had to keep in mind that the level design, which I already praised earlier. So they managed to make it a good level and still look really good, still look like a place that you could actually see being, like the diner section, which is a great example of that. So huge praise for the presentation of the story, really. It's just the story itself didn't have anything for me. I could keep talking about this a bit, but I don't I don't want to come out too down on this. I just want to add two more things here. One of the points <laughs> is I I've where do I go with this? The game gets a little ham fisted. This is a borrowed word, but it's a good word and it fits. Um there's a section where it's like, okay, so we switch to Abby. Big twist, right? And then Abby What's the first thing we see after Abby gets up, other than her friend? A bunch of kids being taken in, you know, and laughing and playing and being taken into their school. The third thing we see after that is a little poster, a little, like, a, what do you call it, a, a card, uh, no, corkboard, a corkboard, where people put up bulletins and saying, hey, we've got free kittens, hearts, balloons. Everyone's friends with each other. Everyone gets along with each other. It's all bright and happy. Also, this place is ridiculous. Just This is part of the world destruction thing. The level of sophisticated advancement that these people have access to 26 or 24 years after the, the infestation day is absolute nonsense, but let's move past that. The narrative pushes really hard to make you sympathize with Abby after pushing really hard to make you hate her. Now, let me be clear about something. I don't care that she killed Joel. I'm sorry. Joel kind of had it coming, and I would have killed Joel in a second game too. I would have done it differently, but I would have done it too. That doesn't bother me, and I just want to get that out there because I care. If I don't, people will be in the comments saying, oh, you just don't like Abby because she killed Joel. No, I don't care. Um, the problem is the narrative is pushing so hard I felt like I was playing a bad David Cage game. I say it that way because there's good David Cage games. I've played a few. They're good stuff. But, I mean, the, the less good works. It's really obvious the, the, the angle the narrative is trying to present, and that just makes me just like, okay, gotcha. And then the game goes out of its way to try and characterize and present all the people that we've already killed, which brings me to another thing I want to bring up. So, I mentioned... Uh, you know, getting rid of the Abbey sections would improve things gameplay-wise. Part of the reason I think it would improve things story-wise is because I feel this section does an actual disservice to the world, the characters, and the events, the, 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 the core plot. 
it feels like it's there to try and force the player to feel bad about what they've already done, with no actual point to it other than violence and the cycle of violence and revenge are bad, which, as I've already said, 17 seconds of Futurama already did a better job of that one. So, ejecting that entirely suddenly makes Abby almost a non-character. <laughs> Get it? But also makes her someone that we can speculate on. Why did she do this? How did, you know, for what purpose? Well, obviously she was going after it because of the Joel thing. She was one of the people who suffered. But she, we don't even need to answer that question, technically. It could have just been any random person. Joel himself had a great line. You know, who do you think we are? And he thinks about it for a moment. He says, just get whatever prepared speech you have out of the way. Because he's crossed a lot of people in his life. So it could be just about anyone. And it could. So, don't try to do that. Because then the next thing the game does is tries very hard to humanize Abby, but but I don't buy it, basically. She, ba she goes from being this to this to this in literally three scenes, or excuse me, two scene beats. She shifts over here oh, during the strangulation scene, and then she shifts over here right after the sex scene. Bam, 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 and that's it. It's, it's not an arc. Ironically, if they had smoothed it out and taken longer, that might have worked better. Ha ha. Or they could have ejected it entirely. This also leads me to another idea. Now, this is not my idea. People in chat pointed out this one. You can have the Abbey section first. Make it a little shorter. Probably get rid of the flashback sequences. But play as Abbey first. You, you're playing, and you're going through, and oh my god, your people are dead, and then you get this big confrontation, and then someone pops out, pops out of the game, and you shoot. And now... The reason I bring this out is if you really pay attention to it, Ellie's not in Abby's chapters at all. The first time Abby sees Ellie is when Ellie puts her hands up with the gun after Abby has shot Jesse during this, the confrontation at the theater. Then have that scene, cut to black, have your, have your cliffhanger, rewind, play as Ellie. I think that order would have worked substantially better because then what we have is investment payoff rather than payoff you should feel bad. Forgive me for talking about this. I don't like criticizing without critiquing. I'm just giving my thoughts on this. I'm going to go ahead and chop this off. I don't have anything else really to add other than that I would really love to hear your guys' thoughts. I know this has been a bit of a polarizing thing. And as always, rule one, don't be a dick. That's really my only rule in my channel. You, know, you, you can disagree with me as much as I want. You can be a bald, worthless idiot, but just don't be a dick. And I'm almost... I did have one last thing. I did have one last thing to say. I am curious of your thoughts. I really am. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and ideas, especially from people who like this game. There are several people who popped in during the stream who really like this game, and that's awesome. That's awesome. We need more of that in the world. We need more enjoyment. <laughs> At least the people who made this game made something that people can improve their lives out of, right? But... The final thing I want to comment on is that this game didn't depress me at all. Now, you're probably thinking, well, good, but I was expecting it to, because it's The Last of Us 2. The Last of Us 1 got to me. The Last of Us 1 was a very, to me, was a very bleak, despairing, life is meaningless and then you die kind of a game. It's one of the reasons I will never replay it. This game had none of that. And weirdly, while I prefer that, at the same time, I think it was to the detriment of the game. I'm going to go ahead and share with you what I would have done.
and you're going to make fun of me for it because it's a terrible idea. And I'm not going to give you the full rundown. I, I, I spent a while on stream kind of piecing this together and coming up with specific details. But let me just give you the, the thousand feet, feet view, okay? So you put a gun to my head and you say, Lore, you have to write a sequel to Last of Us 1 that maintains the themes of Last of Us 1. I'm like, okay. So the game starts. Ellie and uh, Joel are surviving, barely. They're having issues. The zombies are kind of starting to... The, clickers, whatever, whatever you call them, the, the Carufius Adus, fungi people, toadstools? Anyways, the, the zombies are dying out, okay? So the demons are going away, but there's still just not a lot of people left, and they haven't seen things, and it, they, they're leaving a rough life, right? Then someone comes by and kills Ellie. So Joel goes after them, and then goes after their friends and their allies and their comrades and just kind of butchers his way through things for uh, about 14, 13 hours. Not too long. Not too long. And just massacres. You know, Rambos, let's call it what it is, his way through them. Until finally it gets to the point where his rage is as spent as it's going to get and he realizes that he is just killing because that's all he has left at this point. Probably have him kill an unarmed civilian. It would actually probably be my, the final boss of this particular encounter. And then have him kill himself. Now I know a lot of you are going to hate that. And that's fine. That's acceptable. Because, as ever, I'm curious what you would have done with a sequel for this. But in my opinion, that's how you maintain the theme of the first game. That's how you actually continue forward. That's how you make a sequel to a game that ended on a horrific downer note of things will not get better. By having them get worse. That's what I would have done. What would you do? Let me know in the comments below and make sure to catch you on the next Lore Reloaded. Wait. <laughs>